the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Son a podcast about you. What's up, Dunatics? Uh, welcome <laughs> yeah. back. <laughs> to uh, another episode of sand a podcast about dune we're your host i'm lance and this is molly hello hi lance <laughs> hey molly how's it going <laughs> it's going good uh we are on the second episode into our read through of dune messiah so we'll be doing some messiah talk Woo-hoo. in a little bit yeah and talking about some movies how's it going molly oh it's going pretty well um I, yeah, I mean, I, I've been talking about moving for a long time. I finally moved into a new apartment, and it rocks. And, you know, it's just a sunny day with my windows open. I'm thinking a lot about Eddie Van Halen. Aw. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Do you yeah. have a favorite Eddie Van Halen song or moment? Oh, my God. Don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot. You can answer. You can say no. No, I, I don't. Well, actually, I guess I was listening to um, some of the Twister soundtrack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, like a tornado is so American rock and roll. Yeah. To me. So I think it's a, actually a pretty cool Eddie Van Halen. May he be a tornado in the <laughs> dangerous alley. <laughs> Come May. My favorite. What about you? Yeah. yeah, my favorite Eddie Van Halen moment is um, so he kind of ghost wrote the song "Beat It," the Michael Jackson mm-hmm. song, and he plays guitar on it. And my favorite part is uh, right before his like crazy wailing solo. This is just like the baddest solo in the world. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> there's this like pause, and then there's this noise of like a knock. It's him knocking on his like. <laughs> leads or something on his guitar and it's just so awesome because he's like right or not i'm coming in here comes the solo (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm busting through yeah that's fun metaphorically yeah he's polite but also he's there yeah 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 ready or not cool i'm gonna listen to that yeah it's pretty good yeah it's been a fun because i i don't know that i was ever like really tuned into much Van Halen stuff or Eddie Van Halen in general, but it's been fun to kind of go down his wormhole. His his wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing all right. I haven't moved. We did get our living room painted or spot painted. That might have happened before we last talked, but that's a recent that's a recent apartment change. Sweet. Yeah. Same color or like did you paint little yeah spaceships or something no naomi was going to just do it herself so she emailed the landlord and asked him what color everything was and he was like well you guys live there a long time we'll just have the maintenance guy come and just do it for free so it's just the same it's the same color you just did little touch-ups cool we're all freshening up yeah i know yeah it's nice fresh fall yeah (laughs) (laughs) cool well do you want to hop into some movie chat yeah, let's do it. I guess I'll go ahead and read my list first. I watched the 1970s version of Dracula. I mm. watched Annabelle Creation, Damien the Omen 2, Blood and Black Lace, and Sleepaway Camp. Fun. Um, yeah. And I, I watched... Oh, and I also watched On a Whim, because I forgot to write it down. On a Whim, I watched... Oh, Wishmaster. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> what is that? It's a horror I guess movie. Because I'm making you talk about it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a horror movie that Wes Craven produced in the in the late '90s. That's bizarre, and it has like they they made four of them, 
And it's I have no idea. I don't know a single person that's like fucking <laughs> Wishmaster. I don't know anybody that ever talked about it. Uh, I remember seeing the box four? all the time. <laughs> yeah, but they made four of these movies, and I don't know who was clamoring for them. Uh huh. There's some really good effects in it, but it's dumb as hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, what this the scary thing is this guy like is a heart hardcore master of your wishes or okay so he's a it's it's about a djinn and uh a djinn yeah okay yeah so uh an ancient an ancient creature who they they've just like decided that they're going to define what a djinn is and... <laughs> okay <laughs> has, has a lot of history but yeah the sure. way that the Go way off. that yeah the way that djinn works is he gets a lot of powers by just walking around and and granting wishes occasional wishes to people uh, but of course, they're always <laughs> ironic and ruin their lives or kill them. Uh, <laughs> but that gives him power. And then when he eventually has enough power, he finds one person to grant three wishes to. And the way he works is he gives you, it seems like a good wish. And that gets you like psyched about wishes. So then mm-hmm. you, you wish a second <laughs> wish. And that screws everything up. So he kind of paints you in a corner to where you have to you know try to fix things with your third wish. But everybody mm-hmm. knows... Once the djinn grants a third wish, uh, there's some kind of giant djinn battle that happens and the world <laughs> will end. I did know that. So, you know, it leads up to someone refusing to make a third wish. I mean, that's like... <laughs> no way. I mean, that's how you have to end it, right? Like, No! What? <laughs> he just like, he's just like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Lips are sealed. That's pretty much how it works. Yeah. What? I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I won't spoil the actual ending, but it's it's boring Does like he, that. Okay. He should. Did he? Did he sew his mouth shut? No, that'd be more fun. Um, yeah. I honestly don't remember exactly how it ends because I was kind of falling asleep. He just hangs up on the gin. <laughs> yeah, it's all done over <laughs> telephone. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I I got really interested because in the credits. They started listing all these people that uh, like movie monsters. Like it had Kane Hodder, who used to play he play played uh, uh, Jason in the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and a lot of them. Uh, Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger, and Tony mm-hmm. Todd, who's Candyman. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert England's probably has about th- three or four minutes of screen time, and the other two are like ten second cameos. Yet they get <laughs> top billing for the movie. <laughs> They're the first names you see when the movie starts. Yeah, that's a real bait and switch. Yeah, it was a real bait and switch. I was real excited. And then I was like, what? Because yeah. that does sound cool. Have they ever all been together? I'd have otherwise? to look that up. I don't mm. I don't really know. I'm sure that there's some, some fans out there that'll point to some well, would Halloween you recommend special. It? If you're bored, there's some, there's some really fun, gory effects. Because mm-hmm. there's like very little CG. Because they didn't just, like CG just wasn't you know uh advanced enough back then Uh, so they do a lot of like cool gore effects in it and that's the only reason to watch it okay it is kind of a bummer that you don't get to see this gin battle Battle? well i'm assuming that's what the sequels are for yeah like number four yeah yeah Yeah. i'm sure i'm sure that one of our listeners loves these movies and is like (laughs) you're so wrong about this you didn't watch this movie I guess the other movie I'll talk about is Blood and Black Lace, mm-hmm. uh, which um, is a, a Mario Bava movie. Uh, he is a, an Italian director from the '60s. He I don't know if you're if you watch much Dario Argento, but like Dario Argento kind of like ripped on his style and kind of like made his made a career out of like doing mario bava style movies but like with a you know cool updates so it has it has a very dario agento feel to it it was really interesting because much like a dario agento movie they're shot mostly in english but with mostly italian actors and then mm-hmm. sometimes the italian actors are clearly speaking italian on set and then with actors that are speaking english on set and then they just overdub the whole thing so weird we started watching it because there was two versions on amazon and we started watching one that was in italian with subtitles and we watched more than half of it before i was like 
because I was watching the subtitles and I watched their lips and I was like, they're speaking in English. And so then, <laughs> <laughs> then we switched over to the other version just to see what it was like and fast forward to the mm-hmm. same spot. And yeah, they, they had been talking English, speaking English the oh, great. entire <laughs> movie. So they overdubbed it in Italian and then subtitled it in English? Well, they overdubbed it in, in Italian and I actually had to like find the subtitles because there was no subtitles originally. They just had a version that was overdubbed oh, in Italian but mm-hmm. with no subtitles. But there are, it's like Italian characters, Italian actors, so I just assumed, yeah, they're speaking Italian. Yeah. It's just that the dub <laughs> is off a little. <laughs> well, so is it about demons or uh, uh, No, it's a murder. It's a... It's, it's barely a horror movie. It's a murder mystery. Okay. It's it's there is a killer that's going around knocking off people in the fashion industry. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Like for a movie from mm-hmm. the 1960s, it's like it actually like keeps your interest in the in the mystery and and in the like, you know, the murders. Like it's it's cool. At least a decade ahead of its time. Uh and the colors are incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I wanted to watch it because it just looked so, like, pretty and stylish. Yeah, well, I will tell you, the Italian version looks better than the English version. So if you just... Well, you you found some kind of hack. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right, hot tip. Um, Okay, well, I guess I just... I kind of asked you about Wishmaster already. That's true. But if you want it, I also want to hear about Annabelle. Okay, yeah. So I decided it was time to finally watch the Annabelle movies. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. be- a lot of it was because you keep talking about them. <laughs> and I'm like, they must be pretty good. And I, even, and I went and looked up a list that was like all the, you know, c- conjuring adjacent movies like mm-hmm. ranked. And the Annabelle creation was really high up that list. And then Annabelle Comes Home was number two on the list, like above even Damn. the second conjuring movie. So I was like... Well, I'll watch Annabelle Creation because I hear the first Annabelle movie just stinks. So, uh, yeah, I watched that one and yeah, it was scary. It like creeped nice. me out. It was real fun to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Good, good, good scares, good spooks. Uh, uh, it was kind of weird because it's kind of not about Annabelle. Like the doll kind of barely has anything to do <laughs> with the movie, but that's fine. It was still like really scary. I got real confused in the last like two minutes of the movie because there's this like almost post credit sequence where you see something that I'm assuming is called out in the first Annabelle movie. And I just was like, I don't know what's going on. They just cut to this character I've never seen before. And another character that I've definitely never seen before shows up and then some neighbor's <laughs> lights turn on and then the, and then the credits roll. And I was like, well, I don't get that in, but that was fine. <laughs> but okay. I guess it's I followed the rest of it. Have you watched all I don't of them? Think I, no, I don't think I've seen that one. I've only seen Annabelle comes home. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I hear that's even better. I'm excited about it. Nice. I'm I'm excited for you because I was like, this is now this is a fun movie. I loved it. <laughs> I also I forgot last week I did watch Conjuring two during our break and I liked it better than Conjuring. Oh, well. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably I don't know. Might not be the right opinion there, but I did enjoy it more. I'm not sure why. I think I just maybe it actually. I think it it reminded me more of like the Annabelle comes home formula, like they had well, that cool room. Yeah, I've heard about it. I yeah. love this room, you know, where like all their haunted objects live, yeah. and like that. It's like now we'll explore this haunted objects little story. Did you ever see Friday the Thirteenth the series? No. So there was this TV show in the '80s and maybe early '90s called Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. the series. Uh, and of course, it had nothing to do with Jason or the Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, <laughs> but it's about this uh, uh, these two. Uh, I think they're cousins. Inherit this store from this man who made a deal with the devil. I think. Yes. <laughs> and so he had a store for years where he was just selling cursed items. And so <laughs> the whole show is about them trying to track them down and get them back. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty that cool. That sounds amazing. I love that. Okay, I'm going to watch that. Their room reminds me of that. Should cool. we hear your list? I also watched mostly scary movies. It's uh, Halloween after all. The month of, sp- of spookiness. So I watched Mother May I Sleep with Danger. 
The Craft, <laughs> Fright, uh, Fright Night, Beloved, The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, The Company of Wolves, and Child's Play. I guess I'll talk about The Company of Wolves, which I had never heard of, um, but somebody recommended it, and so they recommended it, and they said, like, if you like if you like the labyrinth, you'll like this, because it's, like, fairy tale, 80s fantasy, based on a short story collection by Angela Carter, who I really like. Uh, so it's based on her short stories, The Bloody Chamber, and it's, like, which is, uh, she does, like, feminist fairy tale retellings. It was, it was, like, in the Bavarian forest, and there was tons of wolf, <laughs> wolf action. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's been a really long time. Mm -hmm. But there was um, some really impressive wolves turning into, or humans turning into wolves. They did that twice, um, and it was really gory and fun because their skulls rip apart and, like, their flesh melts off in that fun 80s way. And it's kind of an anthology movie, so, like, oh, and Angela Lansbury's in it, and she's just the best. But it's this girl's sister gets eaten by a wolf in this village and then she goes with Angela Lansbury, her grandmother, who tells her all these stories about wolves and it's just like kind of like a Russian doll situation of wolf stories. Um, mostly about like the dangers of men. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely liked it. That's right. And it's Neil, it's Neil Jordan. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. I love Bavaria. <laughs> Huge Bavaria fan. Because it's just, it seems like it would suck to live there mentally. I think I would go absolutely fucking batshit crazy if I was living in, in the woods in Bavaria. But it's a fun uh, background. And then I guess the rest of the movies were all pretty okay. Fright Night, I hadn't seen, but my boss at work like really recommended it. And at first... That was the one I was going to ask yeah, you Yeah, I kind of thought you might. Because... <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, so he, like, talked it up a ton, and at first I thought, yeah, this movie's pretty good, I guess. It doesn't seem like any other, like, better than any other kind of 80s movie. But then all of the extremely gruesome deaths happened, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I get it now. So, but I did, like, you know, I love it when movies, it's like some teenager is watching uh, some guy on public access TV, and he has... Like, this mm -hmm. power that they have to seek out. That's, like, a great... If that's happening in a movie, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. I grew up on Fright Night. Like, Fright nice. Night was, like, one of my favorite horror movies. Um, mostly just, like, it was, like, one I could watch with my dad. Like, he really liked it, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I really I really like that movie. I watched it again a couple of years ago, and I hadn't seen it probably over 10 years. And it, it held yeah. up. I re it was... It's it's fun. It's silly as hell. Oh, my God. It's so silly. Uh, his friend evil <laughs> his whole character evil. is like yeah. so great um and tragic sorry spoiler but i mean there's a there's a bit of tragedy yeah. there but also funny i mean it was it was funny totally yeah. and it has a sexy vampire oh my god he's so hot <laughs> yeah like his like <laughs> i don't know i just I, the way he wore like the his shirts was really insane um yeah. He has, like, this crazy chest that just, like, is so rock hard. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> wild. Um, so, yeah, he was really hot. I mean, he does have a pretty questionable rape of an underage girl in the movie. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> trigger i guess if you took away if you would if you took away the the, the her age from that scene though where he approaches her in that yeah. nightclub yeah it's so and just it's just awesome in general <laughs> just the idea that because he walks in there and just like gives her these like sexy vampire hip hip you know hypnotic eyes and they have that crazy dance oh, i know and she <laughs> like she's so girlish and then she becomes a woman like right, right before our very <laughs> eyes it's unsettling and also cool effective yeah, yeah. turns into a well spoiler turns into a real creepy vampire <laughs> oh yes he is well he's vamping <laughs> out and i'm i'm like still yeah. on like this hardcore vampire oh nice i want to be a vampire well, <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna have to read me your list because i was i locked and loaded on uh, fright night I even wrote it down with the fangs like it is on the vhs <laughs> box 
I, I think I want to stick with the horror movies and ask ask how you felt. I'm assuming you saw the original yeah. Child's Play. I'm glad you... Yeah, okay. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen a Chucky movie because I was too scared. Um, I feel like Chucky was like the, the horror movie of my childhood that people just like, you know, it was like in the blockbuster aisle and be like, oh my God, Chucky mm-hmm. the evil doll. <laughs> but I'm glad I watched it now because I could just have fun watching it and not actually be like, you know, imagining like this little doll crawling on my bed or <laughs> just having it like lock into my psyche too hard. It was really goofy. Also, the guy who played that hot vampire was in it. And I guess they're both directed by Tom Holland. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I also, I didn't know that Chucky was like possessed by this serial killer. And yeah, so many people forget that. (laughs) It made it a lot better. I liked it because there was like, I was like, oh, this is just a little serial. This is the doll is this little serial killer. (laughs) And um, it made it. It made it more fun. Um, also, I love the way the doll runs. It's really funny. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. when it's from like his perspective, because he goes so fast. The little kid was so cute, um, and I like that he was the exact same size as Chucky. That and that's that's pretty funny. That's pretty cute that they're the same size. Brad Dorf doesn't get enough credit for for being Chucky through all those <laughs> movies. His his voice is so great. I love Brad Dorf so much. Yeah. he's he's just so good at being super creepy Mm -hmm. well from the very beginning when he's playing the serial killer who's like running away he was i was was like oh god now that is a serial killer it was like also like i wouldn't want to be a serial killer after watching him be a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) see (laughs) so you're tempted could be i mean i don't know i I do think that it's (laughs) like they don't often look like repulsive enough, and he he was like really, mm. mm-hmm. really fucked up and psychopathic. Yeah, it was good. There's our Dune connection, by the way. That's Peter. Oh, he's amazing. Who is this guy? <laughs> Brad Dorf. Okay. He's so good. He's also uh, Worm Tongue in the Shut Lord of the Rings. Oh, no, he's not really. Damn. Yeah, he is. These are like some of my favorite characters ever. I mean, definitely Pitcher. <laughs> He's great. And then Wormtongue. I fucking love Wormtongue. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. have to like watch a documentary about this guy. Oh, I hope they make one. You should make one. Okay. <laughs> I need a project. Yeah. All right. Should we dive into the dunes? Y'all's. Okay. So we read chapters four through seven. Yes, four, five, six, seven. That's four. <laughs> One minus eight is seven. You know, because no, four. eight. Well, they get a seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this isn't a math podcast. Nope, that's good. Yeah. I'm not that good at math. All right. So we start with chapter four, which I like. I re- I like this chapter. Oh yeah. Saitail shows up at the house of. Farouk, Farouk, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, who is an old Fremen that prefers the old ways, the pre-Paul ways. Mm-hmm. He shows up uh, as Duncan Idaho. Yeah, and weird. Starts to, yeah. Starts to regret it's so like it. ballsy and foolish. Yeah. And he's like, mm, maybe I should, why did I do this? Yeah. He's <laughs> is at this the guy door. recognize me? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like wondering if anyone outside is gonna recognize him because he's at the door and he's like, "Come on, let me in, let me in." <laughs> and then he immediately says, "Yeah, I've got Duncan Idaho's face because I'm a sh- I'm a face shifter." <laughs> right. He has to yeah. say that. Farouk has this son, kid, his son, yeah. uh, who's blind because of a what do they call a rock burner? A stone burner, I think. Stone burner, which I guess is like a. An atomic laser gun, in a way. Okay, so I I thought that it was just like, <laughs> I guess I was picturing like welding, and that he wasn't wearing like a welder's mask, and all the flames got in his <laughs> eyes and like oh. melted his eyes out. But don't they blame it on atomics? The wars, yeah, they blame it on atomics, which I guess atomics could uh, could make that happen, could make the oh, a welder, an arc welder, or mm-hmm. something. The stone burner dune oh, came up first. Yeah, but not many stone burners. <laughs> it's a weapon. It's the stone burner was a particularly destructive weapon. It could perform one of two tasks: 
The first function of the bomb was to release massive amounts of J-rays. <laughs> the type of radiation that dissolves eye tissue. Okay. Oh, crazy. It's meant to dissolve eye tissue? <laughs> That's cool. That's insane. Thus blinding all creatures with a few kilometers. Wow. And then the second objective was to create general destru destruction of po property. Wow. That's hardcore. Super hardcore. That would suck. Because I imagine you couldn't just close your eyes and, like, protect them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it doesn't. Yeah. I think I think eyelids doesn't protect the J-rays from coming in. I, well, I guess not. Yeah. And I guess the, the Farouk is, like, lamenting the fact that uh, no one will marry his son because he's weak and he doesn't have eyes. He doesn't and, have eyes. Yeah. yeah and Saitel's like, you know, they make eyes. You can get a metal eyes. And he's like, nah. Yeah, we don't want those. Like <laughs> yeah. Those won't work. Although metal eyes don't sound amazing. And then he also said that the metal eyes control you. Like they can like, yeah, you know, wiggle their way into your brain and tell you what to do. <laughs> oh, I guess I didn't read it that that way. What I thought it was just more like it's just like it's an artificial part that could be controlled by somebody else somehow. Oh, like they could look they could keep moving your eyes <laughs> to the left yeah. or something. I don't know. You know how like people think that Facebook uses your phone's speak, you know, microphone to listen to your conversations. Oh, OK. Like, that. like people could hack your eyes or something. OK. Yeah, I was pretty sure that like it wiggles inside your brain. <laughs> That's very possible. Yeah. I mean, they're right there. Um, yeah. Either way, it doesn't sound like that worth it. But the son is weird. He's like sitting, you know, he's sitting and he's just soundtracking their meeting with different types of music. Yeah, he's soundtracking their meeting and also through song communicating uh, directly to Sightail's brain, right? He's sending a message yeah. that's like hides in the like deep corners of Sightail's brain, kind of like a johnny mnemonic kind of thing but without like computers pretty cool there's one part yeah. where he says like oh my son told me that such eyes are metal and like the guy the whole time it just felt like he was um pretty metal <laughs> in general <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh these eyes are metal so metal <laughs> they were kind of metal um I didn't totally pick up on that, so that's interesting that he was communicating. Oh, the, yeah. the like, secret, yeah, secret communication. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wonder if I can find that part. Yeah, we find out that that there are STDs, uh, Arrakis. Oh. There's just a quick, I don't know I why he... I missed that part. <laughs> I mean, it was a real side aside, but he says, Barris had... Uh, brought back to Arrakis a loathsome disease which deprived him of his manhood. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I guess I just didn't see it as like an <laughs> SED, but clearly it is. I think so. Yeah, but I liked this Farouk character quite a bit. Yeah, he tells this. I, I, I really like we get into like him kind of talking about his feelings about Paul and the Jihad and he tells this story essentially that the only reason he fought in the jihad because he had heard about the sea and he wanted to see if that was real and he wanted to actually see the sea and that he finally did get to see the sea and it and it cured him of wanting to ever fight again. Aww. I don't know. It was just like really so cool. Beautiful. Just like such a cool. Yeah. Well, and I love the way he described. Oh, gosh. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. He says, I knew many things without the need to think about them. I knew there was water far beneath our sand, held there in bondage by the little makers. I knew that my ancestors sacrificed virgins to Shaihulud before Liat Keynes made it made us stop. Actually, that <laughs> gets kind of weird, cause, but whatever. It was wrong of us to stop. I had seen jewels in the mouth of the worm. My soul had four gates, and I knew them all. I thought that that was so nice, cause, uh, or a nice depiction of, like the how paul came in and like replaced all of their natural i don't know time gathered knowledge and wisdom with just and just said nope that's all wrong like now you'll follow me in a very culty way i think it's also meant to be like kind of explore like is it is it right to want to go 
to, to feel that like the old ways have been muddied by the new ways like are the old ways that great like we're sacrificing virgins okay that's true you know? <laughs> yeah. but but i but i wonder if that's like i i feel like that's intentional yeah like whose side are we really on like you know the new ways sound pretty awful we have lost billions of lives but the old ways sound you know there's some fucked up shit there too but i also think that it's just with the old ways more so it was that there was like an understanding instead of just a blind following you know like you yourself kind of understood why all these things were happening and had intuition about those things um and then when it was replaced by paul's new ways that all is lost and you have no ground anymore like to stand on Mm. you know which i think is pretty tragic yeah well i found the passage about the transmission of the information okay it says the music the musician's silence bothered him did it mean farak's son was through transmitting this had been the way of it naturally the message condensed had transmitted within the music it had been impressed upon Saitail's own neural system there to be triggered at the proper moment by the distrans embedded in his adrenal cortex pretty cool like, yeah <laughs> guy plays a song and it like sends a secret message to his like some part of his brain and then later he can decode the message <laughs> yeah no. it's like hacker shit without the computers yeah that is it is extremely cool but he didn't decode the message yet not yet. Okay. Yeah. That's for later. Yeah. I mean, everything with the Samuda music sounds really cool. That it's like atonal. The whole end, like that his dad kept, um, or Farouk kept uh, speaking in rhythm to it somehow. It just mm-hmm. sounded like a very cool vibe in general. Which is cool for like two reasons, I feel like. I feel like, A, if you had someone that was like jamming out. Mm-hmm like where you were having a conversation with someone you would probably start to be influenced by the rhythm of the music like naturally your your cadence would just fit it Mm -hmm. but be like also like are those secret messages somehow getting into into farak without him realizing it and kind of affecting his speech pattern because of it oh like even the sun might be messages somehow transmitting that way too well i mean if if sightail can pick up on these secret messages Mm -hmm. why couldn't farak even though he doesn't know what to do with it or how to decode it. Because he's just listening to it. Yeah, totally. So we start to realize that this, the Samuda music is for this woman that they have essentially captive. Yeah, it's creepy. A, a, it's super creepy. Addicted to Samuda. Uh-huh. And it's Othaim's daughter. <laughs> yeah. And we know that Othaim is like a Fadaken, right? Mm-hmm. A Fadaken, whatever, on, 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 on Team Paul. But we don't really know much about him at all or or really her. <laughs> the guy was like, at first he was like, I thought I could like kind of trick her into falling yeah. in love with my son. <laughs> yeah, he was like, at first he gave her some Muda to like uh, make him make her fall in love. But then she just got addicted <laughs> like immediately. Yeah, she just got fucked up. Yeah, because yeah, it sounds like a up. really addictive <laughs> drug. Also, how does the son feel about that? That your dad's like kidnapping women no, and getting the them addicted son, to drugs the son gave her the samuda oh i thought i thought barack did no he says my son gave her the narcotic in the hope of winning a woman despite his you're blindness. right that's fucked up pretty fucked yeah. up yeah so he's just that's fucked he's up. like incel son i'm always bringing up incels yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> no you should yeah <laughs> i mean this is ba- this might be the only true incel so far <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point so Saitail has these cool sleeve darts. Oh my god, yeah. And he just like brutally and yet quickly murders both the boy and Farak. Wait, he I don't think he murdered the boy. Does he kill the boy? No. Just Farak, which I was like confused because Farak just sits there silently even though he has a minute to die. I would think that he would like yell out to his son. But I thought that it was also cool because the son is blind and so he can't tell that his father has been uh, overtaken by, like, now there's a seamless transition <laughs> and he's going to just take the form of his father. Oh, that's right. Because the son's blind. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he, he just wouldn't see it. Yeah. But then he takes, yeah, he takes, Saitel takes Farak's face and leads, leads <laughs> Othheim's daughter pretty dark i don't understand what 
Because at the end, he says that they kind of knew what they were getting into and that this woman would be given a chance to, I don't know. I was like, where, I'm not sure. I guess we just don't know yet. Like, yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> I think it just kind of shows how cold Sightail is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So then that brings us to the next chapter. This is which... so tense. <laughs> It's tense. It's tense from a like a standpoint of like Aaliyah is well. It's so it's a meeting with with it's like a council meeting. Irulan's there. Chani's there. Um, Stilgar. Stilgar and Korba. Yeah, Korba. That's who whose name I was forgetting. Uh, <laughs> and and then uh, Aaliyah. Korba's the guy they send out to pretend to be Paul. Yeah, right? it's so wild. They're just like, yeah, here, put on the turban and go out and talk to them. Yeah, they he's won't like, know. they won't know. They won't. They're know. They're far just go away. Wait. That was. <laughs> and then it said it 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 suggested that like Corbett at first is like, oh, I can't believe it. Like they want to see you. He's mad about it. Then he goes out there and kind of gets like loves it. Jazzed on the feeling. <laughs> he's like all excited to have these people think he's Paul. Yeah, he's just like hopped up on the applause. Yeah. He seems like a dick. I kind of don't like Korba. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. He's definitely just like um, a classic kind of zealot, going to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. Probably would even kill Paul, (laughs) you know, now that he's been um, indoctrinated. I don't really like anybody (laughs) right now. I was like, this was so fast that he undid my allegiance to Paul and Chani. And Stilgar, almost. Um, just that they were all being so dense and petty <laughs> and irritable that I was like, Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I get the tension in this scene. You know, it's Paul and his... Two wives. You know, <laughs> yeah, his two wives, one of which is wants to have a, a kid with the non... The non-wife wants to have a kid, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? They both want to like, have a kid. Yeah, they both want to have a kid. And Irulan's like poisoning Chani <laughs> so that she can't have a kid. A dysfunction, a classic dysfunctional family. <laughs> yes, yes. So there's the there's the one layer, which is the like the drama, the like soap opera of it all. Yes. Which is just like a lot of infighting, just like people fighting with each other and arguing with each other. And then it's also like interlaced with to me, very dry, boring uh, political talk. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something about a treaty. Will yeah. they make a constitution? Paul was like, there's no more dangerous thing than a con- than people to have a constitution. It's like, Paul, what? <laughs> like, who are you? Yeah. yeah. Talking about a constitution this early on, I was like, Ooh, this seems a little early for constitution talk. <laughs> yeah, treaties and constitutions... The Treaty of Tupile. Tupile, I guess, is like planet where all of where all the people who lost to Paul are basically living now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I just had a hard time. I following like the it. soap I'll probably opera like, part a lot better. Same here. Which is like uh, it involves a lot of Aaliyah just fucking with everybody. Right. She was just pissing off. Well, she was really pissing off Corba. Because she was too hot yeah. while she was also, um, like, humiliating him. And then Irulan is, is <laughs> really? just essentially just like, give me your fucking kid. That's what I need. Like, that's what we need to do. Irulan is so irritated at this meeting. I kind of loved it. Like, she was, like, because Paul was so rude to her. He kept being like, okay, Irulan, are you taking notes? You know, making that's her only <laughs> thing is like she gets to be a secretary. Every time she talks, everybody just ignores her. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. yeah, like finally, Paul's like, "Hey, Irlan, are you taking notes?" She's like, "Yeah, I am taking notes." Paul, like, "Yep, I've, I've got the notes." <laughs> um, <laughs> she calls her him, my husband, my lord, and husband, or something to get his attention. And then he goes off um, and has like a big mood staring out Mm -hmm. onto you know into whatever and thinking about his uh, terrible purpose and the future and how Mm -hmm. how rude it was of Stilgard to ask him if he could see the future about this one little thing (laughs) yeah and then he comes back and he's like Irlan uh Irlan wants a baby but I'm not going to give it to her 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then yeah. she's like really pissed and like can't control herself. And he's like, Irlan, I am so sorry. And she's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I loved how he wrote it because I would also be so irritated with Paul if that's like what he had said to me. He says, Paul, resuming his seat, thought he had never seen her under such poor control. Leaning towards her, he said, Irlan, I am truly sorry. And she's like, I don't want your pity. Oh, there's more talk about Chome and the Land's Ride. <laughs> yeah. And just zone out when I'm, when I'm getting to those parts. <laughs> they do start talking about how Shaddam, like Irlan's dad, is, mm-hmm. is running drills <laughs> on Secunda's uh, second. Salutus Secundus. Salutus Secundus, yeah. And they're running drills, and, and she's like, he's just using his own private police. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because it's like, isn't he a prisoner? Like, should he have his own private police? <laughs> like, he's just like, get off his back, okay? He's just building his own army <laughs> yeah. from within the like, prison. Yeah, he needs to stop. <laughs> he needs to stop doing that. That's not cool. And then she kind of talks about how, like, you know, a lot of people are talking about how they miss the the old emperor's way. And Paul kind of is like, hmm, that's that's good to know. Yeah, he's like, Irlan has proven her worth. But it is funny thinking about him just, like, <laughs> in retirement, like, building his own little retirement <laughs> army. army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In between golf course sessions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Paul thinks everywhere there is peace. Paul thought everywhere except in the heart of the Muad'Dib. <laughs> so, like, he's so dramatic. He's very dramatic. And there's the part where Stilgar's like, uh, can't you just use your yeah. powers? And Paul's like, they're not powers. Oh, powers? Oh, yeah. Pow- you mean my, my vision? <laughs> my oracle visions? <laughs> they're not exactly and powers. And then he goes... Yeah, yeah, then he goes into, like, a little mini, like, mood fit yes. inside his head. He's like, how can you explain the unexplainable? <laughs> and it's like, please, Paul, like, it seems straightforward. Can't you just tell us if this, signing this treaty would be a good idea or not? Like, can you just, that would be helpful. And it's really just, like, the, you know, uh, an avatar for the audience being like, why can't you just tell us how these powers work so we understand <laughs> Why you don't understand that there's a plot against you, even though your wife is a part of it. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, you don't get it. You just don't get it. Like, it's way, it's like you, sorry, your little brain, it's just, it's not even going to comprehend it. Mine doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> but then at the end, uh, he does reveal stupidly that he can't tell what the guildsmen are doing. Yeah, because you're like, and it's, <laughs> it's such a like, Obviously, Erlon's being so suspicious because she talks about a guildsman coming and she's like, wait, so you can't see the guildsman? <laughs> I know. Well, it says her mouth dry with sudden fear. You've seen a steersman come here? And then he goes, of course I haven't seen a steersman. <laughs> I can't. I can't. That's not the way my, it's like, don't even get me started about a power, but it's not the way my powers work. <laughs> Not that I have a weakness, but if I did, that would be my one weakness. <laughs> and it's not even really like a weakness. It's just I can't do it. So we probably don't need it. <laughs> so go ahead and send one. <laughs> Which also sounds like a mistake. Like, seems like if they really fuck up his vision, he'd just want no steers. But. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get them near here. Like, it it does seem yeah. like it would be like interference. Or I would be, again, like if Stilgar is just always trying to kind of figure it out subtly, like respectfully. He's like... Okay, so is it kind of like uh, an antenna? <laughs> like, if they get close, like, does it kind of like mess up your signal? Is it more of a signal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul just throws another fit, and then Irlan um, just like sits back, smiling, just like hee 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 hee. And then she thinks to herself, "Oh, it's true. The conspiracy is hidden." <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the next chapter, mm-hmm. which has the. Yes. Very short intro. (laughs) Once more, the drama begins. (laughs) Pretty great. The Emperor (laughs) Paul Muad'Dib on his ascension to the lion throne. So he's like walking up to this throne. Yeah. (laughs) And And everyone's like, ugh. God, who gave him this? (laughs) The lion throne. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) This was uh, an interesting 
pretty fun chapter though. Yeah, it starts it starts with Aaliyah kind of looking down on the proceedings. Mm-hmm. And then we see, yeah, Edric being brought uh, Edric bringing, well no, Edric is being brought. Well, he in has to be brought. They, yeah. He has people carrying <laughs> his tank in. Do you think it's on wheels um, or I guess it's like how they usually carry thrones with those little sticks? Yeah, I feel like that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it maybe maybe has some kind of hovering ability to where it kind of glides along. Yeah, but he brings a, he brings a gift to Paul, which is hate. Hate, which is our <laughs> a good are the kind of corpse of <laughs> Duncan Idaho. It's a it's a clone that can kind of memory like kind of has memory of its previous life. Yeah, it can like be reminded. It's very clever, but he's also been programmed as a Mentot and a Zen Sunni master. So he's got a lot going for him. I mean, what he is is a Gula, not clone. Uh, you not... say Gula, I say Gola, but <laughs> let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> but he does have those metal eyes, which that yeah. alone would have me be like, you know what? I can't. I don't want to deal with this corpse. It is weird. It is, I, I mean, I guess it's the idea is, like, it's not quite your friend. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're looking and you're like, oh, there's something off about this person. It's and his metal having eyes. eyes be, <laughs> yeah, having the eyes be different would obviously, like, be, like, this thing you really notice. Wouldn't you want to go, like, tink them? Yeah, go tink them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he, like, talks to Duncan Idaho. Uh, yeah. Aaliyah is like, oh, my God, it's Duncan Idaho, which I guess she just knows because she's all-knowing. Right, but because she has Jessica's memories. Right, right, right. I I feel like the, kind of the most fascinating conversation up to this point Definitely. In, in, in this book because hate's just like straightforward. They're, they're just both so straightforward and, and clear with how they feel about each other uh-huh. yet at the same time very cautious of each other. And I just love how like hate's like, yeah, I, I'm sent here to kill you. I'm supposed to kill you. And you should Paul's send me like, away well, how do right I avoid now. that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Paul's like, well, I don't want to do that. You're my friend. Yeah. Paul yet again is, I mean, so far all we've seen him do is make stupid decisions based on his mm-hmm. loyalties to mm-hmm. Chani and now to duncan idaho he's just so selfish you know he like oh yeah it's like but he's also so stupid about it (laughs) it's like just yeah i guess he also feels like he owes duncan idaho like not to kill him i guess maybe he thinks that he'd have to kill him if he sent him away yeah maybe well i think he just wants him to still be there like he wants to have duncan idaho in his life yeah and who wouldn't this hot swordsman (laughs) <laughs> who's uh, now the Zen Sunni master who's like so chill and <laughs> just telling it like it is. I'd want to keep him around too, I guess. I think it's fun. I mean, they do keep mentioning that his name is Hate. H-A-Y-T. Yeah, but I mean, it's Hate. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it just, it kind of reminds me of like a, a goth band. Totally. Like that's what you would call a goth band or a, or a metal band. Yeah, like actually, it's uh, from a Norse god. It's not even what it means. I love. This is a band about love <laughs> <laughs> through hate. Yeah, but I do like that he says that he remembers the controls of a thopter. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's it's and it's just like some muscle memory stuff is what he remembers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I just like how they spend so long on Paul being like, well, do you want to be called Hate or Duncan Idaho? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't care. And he's like, yeah, but. Do you want to be called hate or dunk <laughs> Idaho? Like he's just like, yeah, yeah, and he's like, okay, fine, I'll just call you hate. Hate it is. Yeah, I'm gonna call you hate. Yeah. <laughs> I, they go a little bit more into like the Tillalaxu mm-hmm. way of being, which did sound sort of like Hitler scientists. You know that they are just these mm-hmm. mad scientists after uh, who just experiment for, on anything with no morality. Oh, and one. We, we did forget to mention that when he's first talking to Edric before Edric leaves and they have their little one-on-one, mm-hmm. Paul and Hate. Paul is like, to Edric, is like, oh, by the way, uh, I noticed you brought uh, Gaius Mahayim with you. Uh, we're oh, yeah. going to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I like this. I like this chapter a lot, uh, specifically like the, the just like the 
conversation between Haight and Paul. Yeah, and I guess it's just, it's only that Paul just wants to keep him around. And I, I'm glad he is. And then we see, oh, then Stilgar comes in. And Stilgar is like, mm, definitely get rid of this. <laughs> like, this yeah, is a demon. Stilgar doesn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a ghost! Let me take its water for the tribe. And then... We get just the the very end. We get yep. Aaliyah looking down at Duncan Woo! Idaho and just getting super horny. <laughs> so horny, so quick, and she's like, "What are these feelings?" Yeah, she felt a positive desire to be near this new man, perhaps to touch him. Found chicka wow wow. Yeah, she's ready. She's like uncontrollable. Has uncontrollable desire. It's been unleashed. He also delineates. She's fifteen. She's fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> 15 going on 16, uh-huh. <laughs> which is close to 17, which is even closer to 18. Um, <laughs> but uh, Which is what Duncan will keep telling himself. Yeah. In his Zen Sunni way, which I mean, probably to Zen Sunni's age is but a number. Yes. Um, and, you know, Aaliyah is also like an ancient god. That's true. And she has the memory, like she has like women. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Thousands of years worth of memories. Yeah, she's horny. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he does make a point to make it that Duncan looks even younger than when he died. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how those golas work. I don't know if they, like, clone them and they, like, have to grow to that age or if they come out, <laughs> like, of a machine. Or if they're just, like, a mini-sized like version and then they put them in water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's unclear. But he he's young and hot and cool and powerful. I'm excited. I've heard people complain about this character, but I am excited to have Duncan back in, in, in the same, like, you know, reluctant, uh, cautious way that Paul is. Oh, good. So you can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that people... I've also heard this character be like, people say Duncan is like the hero of the whole series, so... Oh, interesting. I'm curious. Brings us to our next chapter, which has the ancient Fremen saying, truth suffers from too much analysis. <laughs> yeah, it's like basically a home goods poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ancient Fremen saying. Yeah, I know. It's like it, uh, like, you know, when people will say like ancient Chinese saying, uh-huh. like where you're just like, you just made something up that sounds kind of smart. And then... <laughs> suggested that it's some ancient wisdom happiness like the a warm cup of tea is fleeting mm-hmm. <laughs> yes um so yeah now we have Irlan and the reverend mother in i thought yeah. a hilarious scene um y- okay do you <laughs> I mean, mean the, so, like, so it- the actual content was pretty boring i really actually zoned out a lot but like their hand motions back to each other yes, this <laughs> is what so this is what cracked me up because I don't know exactly what they're if they're trying to hide this inf- information from <laughs> from Paul. I don't think this is gonna hide no. it. If they're trying to hide it from whatever guard is watching on, don't you think it's gonna be weird that you've spent probably what forty five minutes just flicking your fingers at each other? <laughs> yeah, they're and then like, she de- he describes the reverend mother moving her hands in like a nervous way like that's supposed to account for 40 like this long conversation in silence (laughs) they're just sitting in silence moving their hands like rapidly and they have like it's it's really cool like i like the idea of these hand things but it is so silly because they're using (laughs) they're using their these hand gestures and yet they can say thing with sarcasm uh, yeah like attitude the emperor has said I must die if I set foot on Dune. Like, you think if you're using, like, hidden language with your hands, you would just be like, they said they'll kill me. Like, it, uh-huh. th- you'd keep it simple. <laughs> you wouldn't say things like, if I set foot on Dune. If I, se- <laughs> if I set foot, and, like, you have to do the whole phrase. <laughs> and then sand, like, yeah. the Dune. Dune. <laughs> They're getting out watercolors and, like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm still kind of confused at Irulan's whole character because everybody just keeps shitting on her so hard. Um, yeah. Like, Paul hates her. Chani hates her, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. Um, 
But then the Reverend Mother is like, under that veneer of sexual attraction lived a whining shrew more interested in words than in actions. I was like, why do you mm-hmm. hate, why would you hate her? I think she's just a, a bitter bitch. person. Okay, kind of a yeah. bitch. Well, yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's just like a bitter person. Okay, yeah. Like, she, she seemed to have hated Jessica even before the, you know, she defied her. Yeah. Like, I feel like she always hated Jessica. Um, yeah, she's a mean yeah. old crone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's about to die? So I guess she would be in a bad mood, right? Yeah. So so she, Irulan's kind of like getting upset, uh, you know, complaining about the fact that she can't have a kid, and then she lets slip that Johnny has mm-hmm. has managed to to find a way mm-hmm. to counteract the the poison she's been giving her, and immediately. <laughs> Guys is like, why didn't you tell me? It's like, <laughs> yeah. didn't you sh- I think she just found out. It was like, y'all have been yeah. hand gesturing for like five minutes. Like, chill yeah, she out. just got here, said hi, and then told you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's doing it, all right. She's told. She's yeah. telling you. <laughs> yeah, it's happening now. <laughs> then I don't know if this is right away, but she, the Reverend Mother, is like, okay, well, we're gonna have to crossbreed them. Then we're gonna have to make it so that Inc- incest. Yeah. Yeah, incest. Yeah. <laughs> So that, yeah, Aaliyah and Paul can have a kid together. Find comfort in each other's arms. Well, I mean, that's classic creepy uh, royal right, shit. Right, of course. Yeah, I mean, that is... Gotta keep the... it in the family. Mm-hmm. Interesting to find out what the, the what that plan will be to make, to, to like, trick them into, like, <laughs> like, are you gonna, like, you know, flowers in the attic them? Are you gonna lock them in an, <laughs> in an attic together and just hope that they, like, fall in love? <laughs> Yeah, just like set out their favorite foods and uh, leave them alone for an afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, because like Aaliyah seems to always be spying on Paul. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess there already is a little bit of fun tension. They definitely do have a strong connection. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to for the antics. <laughs> yeah, for this like <laughs> incest inception. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we start getting the way he writes this is so funny to me because yeah, like the Reverend Mother's out now so pissed. She's about uh, Irlan like pushing back about not wanting to kill Chani or that Chani has managed to like not eat what Irlan gives her and <laughs> goes defensively Irlan wanted to know how she could have prevented Chani from trying this diet <laughs> like how exactly <laughs> and she's like with her hands like <laughs> yeah just during this uh yeah okay yeah and exactly how would you have had me oh like what yeah just not have her eat I, <laughs> I don't know yeah pretty weird which I'm on her side how how would she have done it yeah I am too I'm totally on Irlan's side. Like I, I mean, I already was fond Death of Death to Paul. Death to Paul. Kill him. <laughs> was there anything else in that chapter you wanted to cover? They're doing. She's doing tarot cards when they walk in. And yes. I thought that was like the Dune tarot cards because they're all like Dune themed. There's a sandworm and stuff. Yeah, um, I would love to see these cards. Yeah. I'm wondering if anybody made some of those. Basically, at this point, Irlan needs to either kill Chani or abort her child. And that's where we're at. Yeah. And yeah, the I Reverend so. Mother is probably uh, probably kaputs, but we have, we're not there yet. Yeah, because she's in, she's in prison and Paul has pretty much told her that she's going to die. And she said when, when they were, like, taking her out of the ship because she was, like, in space waiting. Mm-hmm. And... and someone showed up and was like come on you're coming with us and she's like you know they're gonna kill me if i come with you <laughs> she like talk, tries to talk her way out of it yeah and they're just like lady i'm just doing my job um well cool i i really enjoyed this whole section actually yeah yeah i think it is moving along at a brisk pace yes yes i feel like i'm enjoying it more this the second time through good Okay, well, how shall... Oh, we're, so we're going to read the next four chapters, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, next four. So I guess it will end on... The last chapter will be the one that starts with the Gola Speaks Aaliyah's commentary. 
that quote. Hot. <laughs> also, Molly, I did find Dune tarot cards on Etsy. Really? Oh my god, yeah, how much are they? Fifty-five bucks. Oh, sh- are there pictures? Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty cool looking. I mean, There's the one worms in most of them. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so. I would suggest that we end by saying Paul's little quote, once more the drama begins. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love once that. Once more the drama begins. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. All right. You want me to count down? Yeah. So until next time, one, two, three. Once, once more, more the, the drama, drama begins. begins.